This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thanks so much for joining me today. All right. Get your calendar set to join me in Jacksonville, Florida for the Donna Marathon weekend. This is a race I go to every single year that helps raise funds for families who are walking through a breast cancer diagnosis and also funds groundbreaking research. I've been going to this race for, this will be my sixth year. It's in Jacksonville, Florida, and it is the most amazing weekend you'll ever experience. It is so much fun. They have a half marathon and a marathon. And this race this year, it is Sunday, February 4th. So I'm going to hop on down to Orlando, watch the Olympic trials, and then drive over to Jacksonville, which is only two hours away, and do the half marathon the next day. I think we should all caravan over. It'll be super fun. So you can register at breastcancermarathon.com. Use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y 10 for 10% off your registration on any of the Donna races. And if you're listening to this before November 31st, you can still enter to win the sweepstakes at breastcancermarathon.com slash win 2024 slash destination hope package, which is a VIP experience in Jacksonville, a three night hotel stay at the Courtyard Jacksonville Beach Oceanfront, which is the official Donna Marathon Weekend Host Hotel, two race entries, exclusive VIP race weekend events, and a Sunday VIP viewing party. You gotta come to this race, it's so much fun. So enter to win that trip, or just register breastcancermarathon.com, use the code Lindsay10 for 10% off your registration. And I always have a coffee shop meetup, hang out while I'm there, super casual. And then there's going to be a after party as well because I'm staying till Monday in Jacksonville. All right, friends, today on the podcast, we have Tristan Van Ord on the show. Tristan runs with Zap and she had a great race in Chicago. She ran a two-minute PR, ran 225. She was a part of that group that was running with Ben Bruce, Rose Harvey, Sarah Vaughn, Dakota Lindworm, and um, she'll tell you about the race in this episode, but she actually lived in Raleigh for a long time. She's one of the co-founders of the Raleigh Distance Project, which is still a thing here in Raleigh where I live. Tristan went to App State, and she now works as a volunteer coach with App State. She tells us all about her progression in the marathon. Her first marathon, she ran a 240, and now she's a 225 marathoner. She talks about what that looked like going from the 240 to the 225 and how she's really starting to feel like she belongs in this group of elite women who are going to be competing at the Olympic Trials Marathon in February. She was such a fun person to talk to, and I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I do. If you do love it, please leave us a quick rating and review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, That's a great way to uh, bring new listeners to the show and also uh, share it with your friends on social media. Tag Tristan. Let her know what you thought about the episode. And you can find her. She is Tristan Van Ord on Instagram. Go give her a follow. All right, friends. Enjoy my conversation with Tristan. All 
All right, friends. Today on the podcast, we have Tristan Van Ord on the podcast. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. I was just super redundant with the word podcast. Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah, but we're on a podcast, so I'll probably <laughs> say the same words over and over again, too. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we were both in Richmond, which we maybe the slightest chance thought we could do this in person, but it didn't work out. Um, how was your time in Richmond? It was so much fun. Um, my fiance's family lives in Williamsburg, so not too far away. And um, we had a guy, Caleb, who trains with us. He's a master's runner. Um, he ran really well, and we were there to like cheer him on and um, hand him some of his bottles on the course. So yeah, he ended up running 233, um, which nice. is one of his fastest times. So yeah, it was it was a good time. And then my other teammates um, ran as well. Our friend, our friend and teammate Ryan won the half and he ran 63, 18, I believe. And then, um, our other teammate, Dan kind of helped pace him a little bit and then finished it as a workout, but ended up getting second. So yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. I saw those guys come through. There was zap. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was not announcing at that point because we were doing like 30 minutes on 30 minutes off. And I saw this guy fly through and I was like, guys, that was the first place half guy. Yes. Like there, that guy was not running the 8K. And so it was a little bit. Eh. Yeah, they got he. So he didn't break the tape. So our other teammate, Dan, ended up breaking the tape. And uh, apparently he like crossed like this because he was like, I don't think I won. But he knew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw him fly through and then he was like walking through and I was like, that guy just ran a half. Like yeah. they <laughs> 63. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was kind of like, oh, I felt bad. But um, I mean, ultimately what matters, right? You're at a rich, you're at a race like Richmond, like you're there to win or get oh, your yeah, time. Definitely. It's not like the Chicago Marathon messed up. Your right, right. No. Finish line he, tape. Yeah. He was, he was just there to hopefully, he was trying to get the um, half standard to get into the trials, but he was a little bit off, unfortunately. Oh. And he, he, he ran, he paced at Chicago and was in really, really good shape for that. And um, so we were like, he's definitely in shape to get the, get the time, but he got sick and yeah. Mm. So didn't have, we were kind of like trying to last minute get it in, but yeah. yeah. That's kind of hard though, because if you're trying to get in on a half, there's not a ton of halves and you need a fast race, but also a race like Richmond, just because it's smaller, doesn't have as many people to run with. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That was the whole thing. It was like, what are our options here? And Richmond was definitely the faster course option than the, uh-huh. than the Boston race that was happening that weekend, oh, even though Boston right. had so many more people running in it. So it was like, all right, do we go with the crowd or do we go with like the fast course? So, yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Oh my goodness. Well, you had a great race in Chicago. Thank 225. You. Yeah, yeah. It was so fun. You know, that was kind of my introduction to you, my friend Jess Hoffheimer. Do you know yes, Jess? Yes, I love Jess. Yeah. She's amazing. <laughs> she was like, that's Tristan. She used to be with RDP. And yeah. I'm like, why do I not know about Tristan if she's running a 225 marathon in Chicago? Uh, so yeah, that was super fun. Tell us a little bit about your history. You're with Zap now, but you were one of the co-founders of Raleigh Distance Project. Yes. Yeah, so um, I ran in college at Appalachian State, um, which is in Boone, North Carolina, which is close to, I grew up in Chapel Hill, um, so close by. But yeah, I I never made it to nationals or anything in college. I was kind of up there. I would qualify for regionals and worked really hard and just kind of never made it, had a breaking point where I like mm-hmm. burst through to like the national level or anything. But I always knew that I wanted to run the marathon one day and 
that was kind of going to be my, my thing. And so, yeah, I, after college, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Ended up moving back to the Raleigh area, um, Raleigh Chapel Hill area was working at a running store and helped found, um, the Raleigh distance project, um, with a couple of girls. And that was, we kind of all just got together as like a running group, um, to train and have fun together. And then we were all like, well, we have these big goals. Like a lot of us wanted to qualify for the Olympic trials, um, try to find support through sponsorships. And we got together and organized it and had our first race at the Virginia 10 miler. And that was sort of like the starting point for all of it. So I don't think there's not very many women on the team now who Mm -hmm. were any of the founding members, but the legacy that they've continued to grow is amazing. And Um, and yeah, so after, after qualifying for the trials, I ran my first marathon running for Raleigh distance project and qualified for the Olympic trials in 2020. And then after that got offered a spot on the zap team. So yeah, that was, that was kind of the turning point for me where I was like, all right, like I always wanted to run post collegiately, but, um, then getting the chance to run professionally and then also get a part-time job offer from app state to help coach a little bit with them was was a really good opportunity. So what did you run your first marathon in? I ran 240. Okay. And where was it at? Um, I did grandma's marathon. Yeah. Oh, I, grandma's. Yeah. I love okay. that. It's like that race. I always recommend people to run as like their first marathon because oh. it's so it's the, the first half you don't get like the crowd and the hype. So you can kind of get into that that zone for your pace. And then the second half, when you really need the crowd, that's when everyone kind of comes in and you're in town and it's, it's pretty rolling. It's not totally flat, but it's fast. So, yeah. I'm curious, like, and even in college, you knew that you wanted to be a marathoner. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. Cause you like hear people, you know, a lot of, a lot of people are like 5k, 10k, whatever, but they're like, yeah, I'll do the marathon probably maybe, but when I'm 30 or whatever. Yeah. Like, wh- how did you know so young that you wanted to be a marathoner? So I had watched when I was in middle school or no, I think I was fresh, maybe freshman year in high school. I watched my aunt run the Boston marathon. We like all traveled there. She qualified for Boston. Um, and I actually, this is like frowned upon now and I didn't know it was like a bad thing, but I kind of jumped in (laughs) with her for the, for like a couple miles. (laughs) It was different back then. Everything was different. Exactly. No, well there wasn't like the security and everything. So it was like, I'm going to jump in and just run with her. And I absolutely like fell in love with the road racing scene and watching her run a marathon. I was like that it looks so difficult, but so fun. Mm. And I just knew that that's something I wanted to do. And, um, running the 10 K was my best event. So I was like, maybe I should go even further. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah, I, people used to hop into races like that all the time. Like, I don't, I don't know when the shift was like, I started running marathons in 2008 and it was still loosey goosey with a lot of stuff. And then as the years went on, probably around 2014 when the Boston bombings happened. Right, right. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how it like everything kind of shifted since then. It's like, you know, watching Boston again, the next time I watched Boston was a couple years ago when one of my teammates ran it and I was like, they're like bag checks everywhere, the security, which is, which is good and needed for safety. But at the same time, it was like, okay, this is different. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Okay, so 240, you cleared that trials time by mm-hmm. a good five minutes because back then it was 245. Right. So different. Yeah. Um. So like when did it get in your mind like I like I want to break 230. Like I want to compete with these women who are competing to make the teams. Yeah. 
Yeah. So when I first joined Zap, um, I actually was not on a full, like I didn't have a full salary. I was kind of getting, I was getting support, but I also needed a part-time job. And I had a sit down meeting with my coach and he was like, you know, I think one day you could break two thirty, And it was like a, maybe one day you'll do this. And I, I kind of was like, okay, like, you know, I always thought of myself, maybe, maybe I'll run 235. I don't know. Mm. Um, but he told me like, no, I think you can break 230. And then just like trusting that pro- trusting him and trusting like my training, I got to the point where I was running 229 and then I ran 227 and then I ran 225. And now I'm like, all right, I, I, I feel like I belong in this yeah. sport and I feel like I can have higher goals and run with people that I never thought I was going to be able to run with before, but it definitely just took time to like get that confidence, you know, and just trusting my coach and trusting the training I was doing. So yeah, because being a 235 marathoner is way different than being right. a 225 marathoner. Right. Yeah. And you, it, you had yeah. that in your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've always kind of struggled a little bit with like, even in college with, with confidence being like, okay, I'm, I work hard. And, um, I'm talented enough to get by, but I, I don't know that I can be an Olympian or be running with the best. And now I'm kind of starting to get that shift where I'm like, all right, I'm getting better with every cycle that I'm going through. And I'm, I'm starting to believe a little bit more (laughs) um, in myself and in my ability. So, so you had run a 227 before Chicago. Mm -hmm. Was that in Houston? That was in Houston. Yep. Okay. And that's a big deal. You were the first American there. Mm Mm-hmm. Was Chicago the first major where you were like, I'm with these top American women. Like I'm, I'm in it with them. And these are women that are going to be competing to be on the Olympic team, which means I am too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It definitely was the first time that I, because I, the first time I broke 230 was in Rotterdam. And so I was running with a lot of international women in the Netherlands and I didn't really have, um, like people to compare myself to, I guess. Mm. And I just kind of was running my pace. And, and then at Houston too, it was like the field wasn't as stacked. And so I was kind of running with by myself for a lot of it and, um, was surprised with the time that I had just because I, even before that talked to my coach and he was like, it's going to be a little warmer. Like, I don't know if we're, we should go for the PR. Like maybe we'll just try to break two thirty again and ended up feeling great and running that. And then I think Chicago was the first one where I went in and I was like, all right, I really want to place well here and like compete. And it wasn't just about time. So, yeah. And you did. You, yeah. you were with, so, you know, I had Rose Harvey and Ben mm-hmm. Bruce on the show. Yeah. And then I had Sarah and Dakota. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm kind of like working through your pack here. Yeah. You were with that pack for a really long time. You, yes. you might've been the last one with Rose and Ben. Yeah. I think I was like with the pack for, most of it. And then I actually made a move with, um, Sarah Vaughn. Oh, okay. Yeah. We talked about this. Okay. Yeah. Ben so and I, Rose and I talked about this. Okay. Yes. Carry so on. I actually did. Yeah. I, I ended up leaving them and going ahead because I, I kind of had, you know, in the marathon, when you get those surges where you're like, I feel great right now. And you're like, okay, I'm just going to go for it. So I had that moment where I was like, this might be risky, but I'm just going to go with Sarah. Cause she seems to feel good. And we were, um, you know, just feeling strong at that moment. So I did go with her and then it was not the right move (laughs) in the long run. Cause I think I did have, I, I think I had a little bit more in me than the time Mm. just cause I faded for the last few miles. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I ended up going with her and then Ben and Rose caught me like 
not long after I, I made that move. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he said like, he was like, I, I know this course so well. And when you guys left, he's like, that is when you feel good. Cause you don't realize you're going mm-hmm. downhill, but you are. Yep. And I loved what he said in the conversation. He said like, you feel good. Mm-hmm. So let's keep feeling good. Yes. You know? Yes. And, you know, he could, he didn't have the words to like, mm-hmm. like, and he doesn't want to hold anybody back. Like, don't go, right. don't go. Cause he doesn't know what's going right. to happen. But he was probably thinking, wait, just wait, just one more minute. <laughs> I know. And he has so much wisdom too. Like, yeah. I, you know, just looking back, like, part of me is glad I did that because I'm yeah. like, all right, I, I learned from that. And like, now at the trials, it's like, all right, mm. you're going to get patches where you feel good. And maybe, you know, you have, eight miles left and you think in your head that I'm almost done, but mm. <laughs> eight miles is a long way. Yeah. You got to, but you took a risk and yeah. like, you didn't yeah. know how it was going to turn out. You oh, could, exactly. You maybe didn't, wouldn't have faded. Like you didn't right. know. Right. Exactly. You never know. So it's always about taking risks and then you learn from them and yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm so curious about that with the trials though, cause you brought that up and, um, I've probably talked about this a million times, but you know, I always think about Laura Thweet in the mm-hmm. 2020 trials when she placed fifth because she did take a risk. Like, yes. she went when her coach told her not to go because she felt good. But it's like, if if no other race, like, what race do you take a risk? It's exactly. this one. So, like, how do you decide that? Because if you let people get too far, your chance might be gone, but you right. don't want to blow up. So, like, how do you process this mentally? Yeah, I think, and you know, I talked to my coach, um, Pete Ray about this too. Like he, he was like, we're going to go harder than we've ever gone in this training. Like we're going to take some risks because it's the trials. And he's like, for you, it's not, I'm not in the position where it's like, I can be super careful and make the team. It's like, I have a chance of making the team, but I have to like go for it, you know? Uh So yeah. So I think it's going to be a race where it is a little bit riskier. I think there's going to have to be some moves that are being made and kind of just being confident in making those moves and being like, if I, if I don't do this, if I don't, you know, push the pace here, then I might not be able to make the team. So yeah. Mm. How does that make you feel heading into that cycle? Um, it makes me excited, but nervous at the same time. Um, you know, it's like, I feel like I'm going into this without a lot of pressure because I'm not one of the favorites to make the team. But at the same time, I'm putting that pressure on myself to do really well because that's ultimately what I want to do or at least finish really high up. So I am really excited going into this. Um, but yeah, at the same time, it's it's nerve wracking knowing that it's going to hurt and it's going to take <laughs> a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. I love that though. Like why not take the risk? Like what do you have to lose? Right. Exactly. It's like, I feel like it's one of those races where it's like, all right, you either make the team or at least for me, it's like if I'm 30th or 12th, like that doesn't make a difference. Right. Yeah. This podcast is supported by Purina Pro Plan Sport. I know a lot of listeners here like to run with their dogs, have dogs, and there's so much joy you get out of running together. And it all starts with Purina Pro Plan Sport. This is a dog food formulated to fuel your dog's adventures. Pro Plan Sport gives your dog the strength and stamina they need to take on your extraordinary life together. Go to ProPlansport.com to find the right sport formula for your dog. ProPlansport.com. All right, back to the show. 
Okay, so Pete, your coach mm-hmm. with Zap, talk about his relationship with the team and you and how long he's been there and all that. Yeah, so he has been at Zap for a really long time now. It was actually started by so his wife Zika, um her late husband was Andy Palmer and he started this group and for long distance runners. Um so Zap stands for Zika and Andy Palmer. And so they, yeah, they started this group for the purpose of like elevating American distance runners at a time back like 20 or 30 years ago when there was kind of like a lull in distance running a little bit. Okay. And so their, their purpose was to have like a nonprofit to, to help support American distance runners. And they've been doing that ever since. Um, Andy passed away um, a while ago and Zika got remarried to Pete and he's, he's the head coach there now, him and our coach Ryan Warrenberg. But, but yeah, they've, they've been an entity for a while now. Um, Zap kind of is different because it exists outside of like a sponsor. So mm-hmm. we're not like we've had, like we had Reebok, we had on, we had a couple different sponsors in the past, but we're not like, like some groups are like, you know, the, the Nike run club or like the Puma club. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, we're zap. And we kind of exist outside of this, but like, we're, we're like our own thing, I guess. So we are actively looking for like a corporate sponsor, but we, the, the cool thing is that we still kind of exist outside of that. So, Mm. yeah. Did you know a lot about zap before you joined? So I did a little bit because it's located near where I went to school. Uh Um, so I went to school at Appalachian state and it's like the one town over from where zap is located. So we actually had some girls on the team that would like date some of the guys on zap's Uh, team or like mingle or whatever. Uh (laughs) Um, and I actually like ended up meeting, I was dating someone else at the time, but I, my fiance was already on zap. Okay. And so I actually met him in college and it was like in passing or whatever. And then we ended up dating like years and years later, but but yeah, I knew about it, but it wasn't like, again, in college, it was like, you know, I want to run, but I'm not sure if I, I can do it professionally. So I never would have thought that I'd be where I am today. Mm. So yeah. Your fiance, when are you getting married? So we're getting married next September. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, did he, he ran Chicago too? Mm-hmm. He did. Yeah. Okay. How was his race? He, so he did, I think he did well. He ran 211. So he still ran a PR. Okay. Um, but he was on 208, 209 pace mm. for most of it. And then he ended up having like a day where he faded pretty, pretty badly. He's had a couple marathons like that now. So he's still trying to figure it out. But he he's kind of reevaluating his like hydration and nutrition, which mm. is so important in the marathon. Because um, he's had a couple times now where he's like bonked pretty hard towards the end. So he's getting that figured out. But yeah. What is your hydration nutrition plan? So I, so I'm sponsored by UCAN and that's what I use like before the race. And then during the race, I use like more of a simple sugar product just because like during it, I feel like I need a little bit of that, but I preload with the UCAN to have the like long lasting starch energy. And then I always use UCAN when I finish too. Like for recovery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so you guys, Zap is out. So Boone is where Appalachian State mm-hmm. is. Yep. And Zap is in? It's in Blowing Rock. So it's Blowing like Rock. right next to Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So do you do a lot of mountain running? Yeah, so we do. I actually, we run with this guy, Corey, 
Keen, who he does a lot of like quicker mountain trail races. So we'll run with him sometimes, but we try to keep ours on like, we won't go on like the mountain or the single track, like you want to get hurt up grandfather mountain, all of that. Yeah. That's yeah. more for like hiking or off days, but we run around, um, Moses Cone park. There's like Bass Lake, Trout Lake. If you ever come up here, um, I need to, yeah, it's really, really pretty. And it's, it's really close to Raleigh too. Like it's less than three yeah. hours. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, we run a lot on like, there's some bridle trails, like some horse trails that are like pretty wide and crushed gravel. So we'll go on those a lot to run. What do you miss about Raleigh? I miss being in a city a little bit. Oh, it's it's yeah. hard being, I, I love being out in a small town in the mountains, but it's definitely hard sometimes when you're I get FOMO. Oh, for <laughs> like sure. Like watching everyone's, I'm like everyone's going out or like uh-huh. doing all these, like going to the fair or doing these big fun city things. So I definitely miss, I miss that part of being in the triangle. Definitely. Yeah. I was going to say like, what is the town like in Blowing Rock? Yeah. Blowing Rock's very much a tourist like town. So uh-huh. it gets super busy during the summer and then during sometimes people will come ski like our mm. our ski mountains aren't great here but good for the south <laughs> yeah like if um, you're living in Raleigh yeah. and you're like I want to get there quick yeah right exactly so it's very much of a ghost town during certain parts in like the winter and then there is usually people come up on like peak leaf weekend so like when the leaves change oh, like everyone pretty. comes up here and it's super pretty so there's little pockets of people coming in and out but for the most part it's like very very small town Mm. I bet Appalachian State is like a really fun place to go to college though oh it was so great because it's like college town of the mountains oh yeah exactly it's a big school like it's a pretty big school and so you get like you know all the college college town vibes but at the same time you have you can drive out and you're like in the middle of nowhere hiking or going on these like beautiful like drives down the parkway and stuff. So it's a good balance. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk a little bit more about that transition from like being, I don't know, would you call it sub elite or just like, you know, when you run your first marathon, you run 240, you're in that group that qualifies for the trials to like elite marathoner, professional runner. Um, Like when you were with RDP, what was your mindset with like where this is going? I think I'd always kind of hoped that I could be really good. Um, I looked up to a lot of like, I I would look at women like Steph Bruce or Mm. like people who are a little bit older and maybe didn't have like as much success in college, like still really good runners in college, but they weren't like winning winning national titles or anything. And I kind of looked at them and I was like, okay, what are they doing? Like, what, what can I do to be like that? Cause I, I hope one day that I can be an elite marathoner. Um, so I think on, on RDP, I was sort of just like, all right, put your head down, work, you know, do what you can be in the moment, kind of trust your training and just see what happens. And I, I think being patient was probably one of the most important things for me in that time, just because like, no matter what stage you're at in your training, it's like, no matter how much you hope you can be somewhere else, you have to stay in the moment and have to keep training because you, yeah, that's just, just being in the moment is what's going to help you trust in your training and trust in yourself and get better. So. That's so hard to do when people have like big time goals. Mm -hmm. Like I want to break this. I want to qualify for Boston. I want to break 230, whatever it is. But like you can't get there unless you're 
here first. Right. Exactly. You have to be, you can, you can always look ahead to that. And I think it's helpful to have that. But at the same time, you have to be like, all right, realistically, this is where I'm at. And like every day I'm going to do the best that I can to get a little bit better, but you just have to keep getting a little bit better. You can't Mm. just make those big jumps. And I think sometimes people, maybe people will look at my running and be like, wow, she made these huge jumps. She's running 225 and like her first marathon was 240. And it's like, that was years and years and days of like getting a little bit better each day. So I think just being patient with that is super important. And what are the ways like what have you done to get a little bit better year after year, like adding things like training upon training? Yeah, I think a lot of it is being more intentional in what I'm doing and trying to find the little things every day that I can do to be better. Um, Like before I would, you know, sometimes slack on core work and then it's like, all right, because I would look back and be like, all right, doing, doing this core work isn't going to make me 10 minutes faster. But it's like, no, it will if you do it every single day and you do all the little things right. So I think focusing on the little things has been, has mm. been really big for me. Um, because in the past, I would look at those things like hydration, sleep, nutrition, doing extra core work or whatever. I'd be like, well, that's not going to make me better. I just need to run faster. And it's like, yeah. but no, if you do them every day, like it, it does, it adds up and it does make you better. So Yeah, the littlest things. Um, I'm curious, like the shoe evolution from like when you ran the 240 to the Mm -hmm. 225. Yes. So the 240, I wore the New Balance 1400s, I think, which is like a flat, like I, the, the vapor flat or the, the 4% were out. Okay. People, it, but people were like, oh, I don't know. Like, I didn't really like believe in it, I guess. I was like, there's no way a shoe can make you faster. I was Uh like, I'm just going to wear these like new balance shoes that I run in every day that weren't super shoes. Um, so yeah, it's, it's so crazy looking back. Cause I'm like, crazy. my first marathon was in 2019 and I feel like that's not that long ago, No, but like with shoes, it's so long ago. It like is. How much the shoe technology has changed. It's crazy. I know. Like, it's like it happened and it like slowly happened, but then it's just like it, like yes. nobody doesn't wear them. And I feel like I, it's so weird. I used to never talk about it, but now I'm so intrigued by it. And I feel like I'm talking about it all the time. What did you run in in uh, Chicago? What did you run in? Uh, I did the Vaporflies, like okay. the newest Vaporflies. So I tried – I haven't really tried many different flats. So I tried the Alpha Flies because that's what everyone – like the big whatever, that's what Kipchoge runs in. And I didn't like the way they felt. Like it, mm. it felt like too much like – under my feet. And so yeah. I just was like, I'll try the vapor flies and they worked. And so I just stuck with that. I haven't really like experimented with anything else, but, um, but yeah, that's what I wore in Chicago. Just like the newest version of the vapor flies. But there for a while, Zap was sponsored by on. So mm-hmm. what were you running in then? So we, I, I ran in the boom echo. Is um, that their so, super shoe? Yeah. So that's their super shoe, but it was like the first version of it was when we were sponsored by them. And so I actually haven't tried their like newer version of it. Mm. Um, so we never got like the, the, the most recent model, which I've heard is great. Um, but then after like we weren't sponsored by them anymore, I just was like, all right, I'm just going to wear the Nikes and right. kind of stuck with it. But yeah. yeah. What races though did you run in the Boom Echo? Like what marathons did you run in that? So I ran grandma's, not the first grandma's. I okay. ran grandma's again, which I ran 232 there in 2021, I believe. And then I ran 
Chicago for the first time, um, also in 2021. So that was the year that, um, I totally bombed, like ever, it was really hot. I think it yes, was in 2021. I remember yeah. that. It was and hot. yeah, it was crazy. And then somehow like Emma Bates, we were like, how did you PR? Like what? What it is was, happening? It was crazy. I was like, you are like, don't sweat or something. I don't even know. I don't yeah, even what, think Was she, she got yeah. second place that year or something? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. That, that was crazy. Was, yeah. Cause we like, we hung out with her after and I was like, I think you're the only person that actually like PR'd today. Like everyone else, we talked to people, they were like, I was in the med tent. I was throwing up. We were like, okay, yeah, it was a bad day. It's crazy. It just shows you like where her fitness really was. Oh my gosh. Because like yeah. what, what would she have ran without that heat? Right. And that's the thing too with her. It was like, all right, she's, you know, everyone was so surprised, but it's like she she knew she had that in her. She knew you know? how fit she yeah. was. Yeah, exactly. She, well, and Emma's just like one of those people that like looks – so effortless when she runs I asked her about that though and she was like I try I try really hard to do that she was like yeah my coach and I like we work on that because it's just kind of like a if if you if you look good you feel good kind of thing right I'm so jealous of that because I cannot (laughs) hide in the the beginnings of the races I can like if if I ever have any race pictures of me of like the first half I'm like all right I look good and then yeah finish line pictures I'm like I am gritting it out like Uh I can't hide it (laughs) yeah I remember at the finish in Chicago did you have a big arm swing there was something going on with your form that I was like she looks like she is putting every last cent of her energy out here well I saw the clock and I was like it was like two, it was about to be 226. And I was like, uh, I am not running 226. Uh, I was like, I'm going to, I don't care if it's, because I ended up running 225.58. And I was nice. like, well, I can say I'm a 225 marathoner. <laughs> That's right, you can. <laughs> so I saw the clock and I was like pumping my arms. My That's legs what it was. Like it was the arm working. pump. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> gritting it out. But that's, all, you know, Chicago, you come up that hill that's like, a mountain, but it's really not. But it feels oh my like gosh. a mountain at the end. It really does. You're like, wa- I felt like I was walking. And like, <laughs> obviously looking back, it's like, okay, you were, you were running pretty fast, but yeah. you go up that hill and it's like, I am walking right now. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so I've talked to a lot of people about shoes like in the last year mm-hmm. or two. I'm, so, I'm like, I acted like I didn't care about shoes for a long time, but now I'm kind of a dork about it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've personally never ran in a super shoe. Never, I I put one on for the first time like a few months ago. You should um, try it. I know <laughs> if I if I ever try to run fast again, fast for me, I will for sure. Um, my husband's like a snot about it. Like he's like elitist about it. He's like it's it doesn't count because he ran yeah. all his PRs without the super yeah. shoe. Yeah. He's like, ask Dina Castor what she thinks about it. Exactly. I'm like, yes, but if she probably has feelings, but if she was racing today, she would wear them because oh, you got to keep up with the competition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, But so like Molly Huddle, for instance, I remember one time she was like, you know, there's a range of percentage of like how much it affects different people. And I mm-hmm. think she said like she didn't think it affected her as much as it affects some people. I'm curious what your feelings are and how much it affects your running, like as far as how much faster you can go. Yeah, it's – I think it does for – I like I, I don't really know too much about it, but like I, I do tend to heel strike. And okay. so I think that means that it probably does help me a little bit. Um, I – I don't know like how like how to quantify it into minutes. Yeah, I'm not really sure. But on the track, I 
which I, I don't run on the track too much. I am not sure how much it helps me on the track mm. because I've tried like the, the dragonfly spikes and I feel like it for, for where my fitness is at to how much they say it helps. I feel like it, it doesn't for me uh-huh. as much. So I don't know if it's different for like the super spikes versus the super shoes. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like maybe for me, it's like, okay, the spikes don't really make that much of a difference, but I think and I don't know if it's because I've gotten a lot better anyway from when I wasn't wearing right, super shoes. But at right. the same time, it's like, I don't really want to go like try to run a mar- <laughs> marathon in not super shoes. You no, know? So, no, yeah. not worth it. Yeah, that's so hard to like analyze that because you are just getting progressively better regardless. Right. right. And you have the shoes. Like, I mean, everybody's right. in that boat. But yeah, it's so interesting to think about. Um, they definitely feel different though. Like if you ever try to like, race and it it feels weird at first like you can feel like the carbon plate in in most of them have like a plate in them it does feel different it's like when you put spikes on for the first time you're like all right this feels like I'm kind of like going up on my toes a little bit more so you can definitely feel the difference there um but yeah I'm a little bit scared they'd injure me honestly yeah, I've heard mixed things about from especially from like PTs and stuff about yeah. it. Like I would not run in them every day for sure. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. Listen up. Lagoon pillows. Oh my goodness. Lagoon is the best pillow I have ever laid my head on in my 39 and a half years of life. I have looked for good pillows for a very long time. And before Lagoon, I was settled on a higher quality pillow I got at Target. Uh, I I mean, I've tried Tempur-Pedic. I've tried other brands and this is by far the best. I think because it's so customized. You fill out a two minute sleep quiz, okay? And whether you're a back sleeper, a side sleeper, a belly sleeper, however you sleep, these pillows are incredible. I have the Otter, my husband Glenn has the Fox. They are so perfect when you lay your head on them. And listen, if you want a more firm pillow, they have those options. If you want a more soft pillow, they have those options. And they even send you the filling so you can fill your pillow as full or as little as you want. It is truly customizable. And we all know that like sleep is so important. If you are not sleeping well and the thing that you are laying your head on is contributing to not good sleep, you need to fix it because we are all working really hard to pursue athletic goals and dreams and sleep is so important. So listen, go to lagoonsleep.com slash Lindsay and use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y to get 15% off your order and just then come thank me for changing your sleep life because Lagoon is amazing. All right, friends, back to the show. Um, okay. So you mentioned, uh, track workout, like mm-hmm. super spikes track. Like, do you ever, after the trials, like, do you want to get back on the track? Do you want to do shorter distances? I think so. I think, um, we, we just got a new teammate, um, Amanda Vestry who ran at Syracuse and she's, pr- she's good on the track. Like she's run really good times in the five and the 10 K. So I think it'd be really fun to train with her and maybe go for like a trials mark in the 10 K. Mm. Um, so I tried to run a 10K. I tried to do some track work this past summer and was injured a little bit. Like I and, and I don't know if it was the spikes or just like from running on the track, but I definitely had some calf issues. So I, I prefer road running. That's like definitely where, where my heart is. But I would like to have some like redemption on the track a little bit because I feel like my, my technical PRs from the track are 
like long gone. Mm. Like I need to get those out of the way. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are they like yeah. from like just post-college or when are yeah. they from? Well, they're from college. Like my, oh, my 10K yeah. is still technically, my, my track 10 KPR is still technically 34 minutes. Okay. Which I'm like, okay, I've run like marathon 10K yeah. faster. <laughs> you know, it's so, yeah, I need to, I need to get those, get those erased. <laughs> uh, so Zap, how many people are on the team? Like how big is this team that you're with? So we have, let's see, one, two, three. I think we have five women and then I think there's there's about 10 of us. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What's the culture like? Are you all hanging out all the time? Yeah. So we, I live with um, my fiance who's on the team and then my teammate Whitney. The okay. three of us live together and then it's sort of like a friend situation. It's like, I don't know, we're, we're kind of all in like the same little oh, area. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's so <laughs> um, fun. It is really fun. Yeah. And like in our basement, Josh, our other teammate lives like in the basement unit where we live. <laughs> and then we have, there's another house where like the younger guys who just joined, they live. And then um, my teammate, Anne-Marie and Amanda live together in an apartment too. So we're all kind of in the same place. Um, tell us about the App State coaching job. Yeah, so I've been working with them for since 2019, um, and I my position originally was a paid position, and I was working with them as like an assistant coach. Um, and then now they've hired a separate men's and women's coach. So right now I'm working with them part time, coming to practices, coming to the meets that I can come to, um, just kind of helping out with the girls, going on runs with them, giving them advice, all that stuff. So it's it's really nice. It's it's fun to have that. And then I'm also doing, um, the season's over now, but, um, my fiance and I, and then Abby Cooper, um, who lives in the area. Yeah. She is in charge of a little kids track club called Tailwinds. So that's so super fun. Like we, we help on Mondays and Thursdays with that. So we have like a couple little side gigs, but yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's a full balanced little Mm -hmm. life there. Um, talk about the sponsorship side and like running with zap like as far as like I don't know how to say this without being like intrusive with your salary but like zap pays you a salary yes yeah so um we are supported by so zap mainly runs on the like the foundation is like with okay. adult running camps okay so it's we have like a couple times every year we have adult running camps that okay that come and so that's kind of like the business side of it. So a lot of our income comes from that. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting because it's like, okay, we're pro athletes most of the year. And then over the summer, there's a couple weeks where we're like basically camp counselors. It's like, okay, we're driving vans, we're meeting people for runs, handing out gels, like doing all of that stuff. Um, so that's part of it. And then also we have a huge donor base. So like we, we have a lot of, of donors that, that help out with that as well. So we do have, um, like contracts with, with salaries. Yeah. Okay. I've wondered about that. So, but you are looking, Zap is looking for a sponsor because right now you wear whatever shoes you want, whatever clothes right. you want. Right. So we're in a space right now where it's like, all right, we're, we're good for a little bit, but like, yeah. it's definitely not sustainable. So right. like when we were with on, it was like, okay, we're getting this like lump sum of money from them and like product and everything. And then we're also getting like the income from campers and donors. Uh-huh. And now it's more like, all right, we have, um, they, they sold the, fa- we had a facility, like a whole facility before we kind of transitioned models. 
So now we're all living on our own and we have a salary. But before there was an actual like zap building where all the athletes lived. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they sold that and like, you know, kind of like scrapped the, the idea of having that, like, I don't communal know what to call living. it. Like a, yeah, like a commune almost. Yeah. Um, so I, I do like this model better because we kind of have a okay. little bit more freedom with that. But but yeah, anyway, some of the money, they, they sold that. So have some money from that, donors, all of that. But yeah, it's not as sustainable. Um, so we're definitely still looking for, for a company to come in. So, All right. Come on now, companies. I know. <laughs> How do you view this though long term? Like RDP was clearly like a developmental program. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I'm like, well, isn't everything a developmental program? Right, we're, right. we're all developing on right. and on and on. <laughs> but you're clearly not in that that stage anymore. Do people stay on Zap forever? Or is it like is it still a stepping stone? Um, I think it kind of so it started as more of a like like the foundation of it was for as more of a stepping stone I think because they were like we want to we want to take people who are more of like a diamond in the rough like that's like what our coach will, would say like he they want to develop athletes and develop American athletes to become x y and z but now I think it's like now we're getting to the point where it's more of like no okay we're a pro team and like we have contracts and like you know mm-hmm. all of that so I think it's kind of turning into more of it's more of that now where it's like, you know, we're getting really good athletes out of college. We're doing okay. big things. Yeah. So I think it's more of, I, I would like to stay here for a while. So, okay. Yeah. So you're really in, correct me if I'm wrong. Are you part of this like new phase of zap then? Cause like, did it used to be more developmental? Um, I think it, so it's always been like, like, I mean, even, so my fiance was on the team. He joined the team in like 2013, I think. Oh, wow. And he He's was, been on for a long time. Yeah. And he was like a top runner coming out of college. But at the same okay. time, I think it was like harder. Like, I think now that there's more pro groups, it's like, I don't want to say it's easier to get a contract, but yeah. like back back in 2013, it's like, okay, Andrew maybe only had one or two options. So he's like, all right, we're gonna see how zap works out like as okay. a developmental program but then kind of turning into I guess what it is now which is like no people want to want to be here and stay here and develop yeah. yeah that's awesome that's so cool you are you are a North Carolina girl through and through oh my gosh yeah I'm like so lucky because it's like I all the resources that are that are in North Carolina I'm just so lucky to have you know be able to go through high school at Chapel Hill and have a great running program there and then um being at App State and then eventually graduating into going to Zap. It's just, yeah, it's great. What do your parents do that you lived in Chapel Hill? When we were moving to Raleigh, I was like, well, let's look at Chapel Hill too yeah. be- because I grew up in Bloomington, Indiana, which is where mm-hmm. Indiana University is. So I was like, college town, like maybe that's our place. But when we drove around and stuff, I was like, I feel like if we're not affiliated with the university or the hospitals, like we would be like, where do we belong here? Yeah, yeah. So my mom is a nurse at UNC. Okay. Um. So and she actually grew up in Chapel Hill too. Okay. So we actually lived growing up. I lived in Charleston, um, South Carolina. Oh, and okay. My my dad passed away in a car accident when I was four. Oh wow. And so my mom packed up the three kids and went to go get grandma's help in Chapel oh. Hill. <laughs> so that's like how we ended up there. But my mom does work at UNC. Yeah. Oh wow. Well, I'm sorry about your dad. No, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, 
it, it was a while ago and it's like, yeah, but freak accident. It, yeah. Yeah. Freak accident. So, um, yeah, we were in Charles. I don't, it's, it's kind of crazy cause we might still be there today if that didn't happen. Totally. But yeah. Luckily my mom, um, her parents were like, you know, in Chapel Hill willing to help out. She's a nurse. She can work anywhere. So yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Did your mom remarry? No, she didn't. She didn't. Yeah. She's still, she's, she's happy though. We've, yeah. we've talked about it. I'm like, you know, you can date. Like we, yeah. we don't care. And she's like, I'm good with my dog. <laughs> oh yeah. She's like, I found the love of my life and that, that happened. So yeah. Oh, I love Charleston. Oh yeah. It's great. I love going back. I actually want to have my bachelorette party there. Yes. Just, like, go back and do so that. fun. Yeah. <laughs> we went to Isla Palms last summer and did a day oh, in Charleston. Fun. Went to like a yes. River Dogs game. Yeah. And... Oh my gosh. I used to go to those when I was younger too. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. It was su- – it's such a super – like it's such an easy way to have fun with your mm-hmm. family too. Like the kids loved it. Like we don't – we're not into baseball but like the kids, oh, yeah. you know, love the game. Yeah. I don't know any of the rules of baseball but <laughs> I still I, yeah. love going to baseball games. Yeah. yeah. So your fiancé, Andrew mm-hmm. – you all, you're both at a very high level. Like you're both going to be running in the trials. What is that like to be, I mean, nobody knows professional running like the two of you and you're both yeah. doing it. Yeah. I think it's, it's really cool having a part, like I swore like in college, I was like, I will never date a runner. Like I, <laughs> I was like, I want to have like total balance, um, date someone completely out of the running world, but like <laughs> finding him, um, he's just such a great person. And I think having similar goals has helped both of us become better athletes. And like, since we've been together, we've both kept getting better. And I Mm. feel like so much of that is like from us propping each other up and, um, being a positive influence on each other. Um, you know, there's, there's times when you, when you don't want to go out for your run or you want to take the easy option. And, um, I think having someone there who's like, no, you know what your goals are. You should go on a run. It's like, you know what? You're right. (laughs) Like having that person there is, um, who you love and trust, um, who has similar goals is it's, it's exciting and helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys are truly like kind of like matched up. Like as far as like how fast you are as a, as a woman marathon and how fast he is as a male marathoner. Oh yeah. It's kind of weird. Like I think our rankings are like very similar. Yeah. Um, So yeah, hopefully we can keep pushing each other, um, to, to even, to climb even higher. So. Oh, what, where was he when you finished Chicago? Like, was he standing at the finish line waiting for you? He was in the, like, I saw him right after, but he was in the tent, like, right at the finish line. Because they, like, at Chicago, they, like, lead you out. Like, they're like, okay, go straight to the tent, like, in case you need drug testing or whatever. Ah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I I always wanted that moment where he's, like, standing at the finish, like, run into my arms. Uh Uh-huh, (laughs) uh-huh. But, like, yeah, it's not like that. He'd have to have, like, not ran the race, maybe. (laughs) Right, exactly. For, like my fiance is coming so. down the home stretch. Let me stay here. I know. <laughs> I know. I want that moment. Hope maybe at the trials, like if he makes the team, mm. they'll let him stay. And then oh, yeah. I'm coming down and I can run into his arms. Uh-huh. Or something. There we go. <laughs> they both made the team. Yes. <laughs> um, what did you all do in Chicago to celebrate? Um, so we just kind of hung out with my, our, our, both of our families were there. So, um, we went out and got food together. We got like a brunch type thing and had a couple beers and just hung out. So yeah, very low key, but it's, I always want to like 
go out or I think I want to go out. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, let's go party. And then I'm like, no, I'm going to have one beer and fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So your family in Chapel Hill, where's his family? He's in Williamsburg. Yeah. Okay. So So what will you do for Thanksgiving and Christmas? So Thanksgiving, we're going to do my place in Chapel Hill since it's a little bit closer. And then I think for Christmas, um, he has two younger nieces who are like super cute. And I feel like Christmas morning is always so much fun with little kids. So yeah, we'll We'll probably do um, Christmas Eve maybe at my place. And then it's only, it's less than three hours from Chapel Hill to Williamsburg. So yeah, head over there for Christmas probably. How old are the nieces? So they are two and four. Oh, yeah. it's the best. It's yeah, the best. They're so cute. Yeah, we love hanging out with them. So, Well, their parents love you for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing more special than like aunts and uncles and friends that like treat your kids like they're, you're, they're their own, you know? Like right. it's, it's the best. Lo- when you see someone loving on your kids, it's just like, yay. Yeah. And they're great people too. Like his sister and her husband, like they're – They're amazing. And yeah, we always have a great time when we visit them. So, Um, Cool. Well, what's something, Tristan, professionally or personally that you would like to do that you have not done yet? So I would love to be a mom. Mm. (laughs) Um, I I think it's so cool to like look at especially like what moms are doing now, like with with running and just careers in general, like like what you're doing. It's like you can follow and like pursue – like your passions and still be a mom at the same time. And, and I think that that's becoming more of like a normalized thing where in the past it was like, Oh, you have kids. Like that's your life. It's like, no, your kids can be your life, but you can also like do what you love. And I've always known I wanted to be a mom. So one day that's like what I want to do is be a mom and also be a pro runner at the same time. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) You have so many, so many people to look up to for that. Exactly. To talk to about it and it's so cool to see what these women have done. You know, I'm th- trying to – I don't even want to mention them because I'm like, I'm going to miss somebody. I know. There's so many. I'll, I'll mention Abby Cooper just because we're like yes. – She lives close and we see her a lot. But like I, I told her, I was like, just be prepared like in a few years. I'm going to be asking you so many questions about like how you do it. But her, her daughter, Mercy, is like oh. the sweetest, cutest little baby ever. Yeah. I have to have Abby on this podcast. Yes. And I don't know why I haven't. Like – what is wrong with me? I mean, maybe we've pitched her in the past and it hasn't worked out. I don't even, you know, it's been so long that I've been doing this, but there's so many times where I'm like, oh my gosh, we got to have Abby on the podcast. Oh yeah. She's, and she's, yeah, she's just so busy too. That's probably, yeah. But yeah. She, she does it all. So <laughs> when she ran, was it the trials? And she was like, mm-hmm. I just like went all out. Cause she was like, oh my I have gosh. to get the standard. That was yes. so inspiring. I, I was watching that and I was like, she, cause she looked like she was pushing so hard too. And I was like, I don't know if she's going to do it. Like, obviously you're cheering. And then I'm like, she is the strongest, most uh, like gritty person ever. It was so cool. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, what it was it? The 2016, uh, trials? Oh, at the Olympic. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. at the Olympics when yeah. somebody lost their shoe or something. Yes. Or they, she like fell and then Abby also like pulled a muscle and was like helping. Yeah. Iconic. <laughs> Iconic. That's yes. the right word. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. Well, what is the best, most recent book you've read? So the most recent book I read is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. And I, I really liked that. The, I read like two, I either read like self-help books or like mystery slash like girl novels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I also read the book, The Subtle Art of 
not giving an F. Uh-huh. But have you read that one? I actually have not read that book, but I, I've heard of it. It's it's really good. It's like, especially if you're, if you tend to be like sort of like that type A person, it's like, it kind of teaches you how to like be good at what you do without being uh-huh. like too much in your head. I don't know. It helped uh-huh. a lot for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sherry Lapina is really good for like mystery, like thriller. Okay. I'll have to look like, her up. Yeah. Kind of girly, but yeah, I yeah. love her stuff. But Taylor Jenkins Reid, I've read all of every single one of her books. Okay. I'm reading the, uh, Carrie Soto. Um, yeah. That's not fact. one of my I'm, favorites. It's Do not, you like okay. it? I, I'm only like 10 pages in, so okay. I'm not sure It's yet, fine. But. I just like, it wasn't one of my favorites. Like, um, because I read Daisy Jones and the Six way back when. Okay, I haven't read that. So I, I've heard that's really good though. That's too. the one that yeah. sucked me in. And then and then I went on to read like all of her older ones too, which aren't as good. But like read read um, Daisy Jones and the Six and okay. then read Malibu Rising because okay. Malibu Rising has some like fun characters from yeah. Daisy Jones. Oh, she like, it's like a spin-off. Them in. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And Evelyn Hugo, there's a couple – She they kind of like weave in – characters here and there it's really oh, that's fun. fun yeah yeah um and I also heard Daisy Jones the audible book is like they do all the different voices like oh that's characters. good too yeah but I didn't I didn't do it on audible so um yeah I love Taylor Jenkins Reid I'm ready for her to come out with a new book yeah I I okay I'll I'll read those just well, go I'll, through I'll, all of hers yeah her <laughs> and Sherry Lapina they're so good Cool. I haven't read any from Sherry Lupina, so I'll have to look at her too. It's so. an easy like I can't put this down because I need to know who did it kind of thing. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's Those are the ones I like. <laughs> if you could have coffee, tea, or cocktail with someone fun, motivating, or inspiring, who would it be? So I thought about this and I kind of like went back and forth on my answer, but Parks and Rec is like my favorite all-time show that I've probably watched like six times through. (laughs) Um, So Amy Poehler, I think would be like so fun. Just like have a good laugh. And like, I would specifically get a cocktail with her. Like I feel like having a fun cocktail with Amy Poehler would be like the best thing ever. (laughs) Mm, Who's funnier, Amy Poehler or Tina Fey? Oh gosh. I like them both. I I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can say them together. (laughs) You can't answer it because what if you do have coffee to your cocktail with her? I know. That's what I'm saying. You can't offend her. Yeah. I can't. can't (laughs) Both. (laughs) They're the same. Yeah. I'm always like, if I have lunch, like cocktail or something with someone that's really funny, I feel like I'll be so nervous that I won't be funny that I'll be super awkward. Oh yeah. I would just giggle the whole time. Yeah. That's like, I would just laugh. (laughs) Uh, what's your last message to leave with the audience? Um, I would say be patient and kind to yourself and others. I feel like there's just like, I mean, so much going on just like in the world right now, just being kind and, and listening and, and being patient with everybody, I think is, is something so simple to remember, but just like powerful. Yeah. Mm. Thank you, Tristan. Yeah. Thank you. This was fun. All right, friends. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Tristan, for coming on the podcast. Loved talking with you. You all go follow Tristan on Instagram, Tristan Van Ord. Uh, You can find me. I'm Lindsay Hines 626. Follow all the podcasts in the Sandy Boy Productions podcast network. We are Sandy Boy Productions on Instagram. And you can learn more about all the shows in our network at sandyboyproductions.com. Thanks so much for being here. And we will see you next week on All Have Another.